listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7 Studios. Studios. So in the HealthCast series, I've been talking a lot about star ratings and trying to glean some some insight for, for, for the listeners, whether you're listening on terrestrial radio, on our many affiliates around the country, or listening on the podcast version of the show. I like to talk about my experiences in value-based care and how it was my job, and, and I think the payer in general is responsible for for creating the map, the the roadmap, the highways, the the beltway, so that members can get to their doctor. So I want to make sure that there are enough orthopedic surgeons and oncologists and endocrinologists and dentists and individuals that can that can ensure that that the members in my base have adequate access to healthcare. And ultimately can live long and high quality lives. I think everything is about quality of life. So so you have the the network and value-based care programs where, where you do gain shares with providers and provider groups so that they're skin in the game for the providers. I've been very focused on risk adjustment, which is the risk score actuarial model. Everybody has a risk score. The sicker you are, the higher your risk score is. The federal government reimburses regardless of the risk score. So one of the great things about Medicare and Medicaid, the federal government will will, will take care of you. You just have to document properly where, where a member is on the panorama of their illness or the spectrum of their illness. So sicker members need much more clinical documentation, and, and it's always been my job to ensure that that documentation was accurate and reimbursement programs and platforms are accurate. So sicker members are going to require more inpatient hospital stays. They're going to require more care. They're going to have a higher mortality and morbidity rate. And there are a lot of things, whether it's the use of the EMR, whether it's chart retrieval and coding, whether it's analytics platforms, all things that that my partners over at Episource really excel in. But there are a myriad of programs that payers put together to ensure accuracy on risk scoring so that those that are really sick can get the proper support that they need financially and clinically. And then you have star ratings. And star ratings is is my is my white whale. Like Captain Ahab. I find star ratings so fascinating because, you know, you're you're roughly looking at between 35 and 40 different measures or KPIs. And you have Medicare Part C, which you have clinical measures, whether it's breast cancer screening or colorectal cancer screening or diabetes management. You have surveys, the the Consumer Assessment of Healthcare Provider Services survey. 
where you send surveys out to members and they make an assessment of their experience with their health plan. I know that there are people that listen to this show. We reach a pretty large demographic. There's very likely that there are people that listen to this show that are on Medicare that have gotten a cap survey and definitely even more likely that there are people that listen to this show whose parents or grandparents have gotten a cap survey and you have customer service and you have grievance and appeals. Basically it's important that the member not only survives, not only thrives, not only does the, the basic things that they need to do to manage their health, but it's important that they have a good experience doing it. And I love how CMS has put more stock in the member experience. When I first got into this business 15 years ago, member experience was not an important component. If you kept someone's diabetic A1C at eight and their blood pressure under 140 over 90, for the most part, you were going to be a four-star plan, but that's not the way that it is now. It's about member experience. It's about medication adherence on statins, cholesterol drugs, diabetes drugs. And I've been, I've been chronicling over the last year Last year's star ratings were a, a, a record high for, for payers. So payers kind of got a break because of COVID. You're, you're taking a retrospective look. So the star ratings that came out this year in 2022 that will be locked in for 2023 are based on 2021's dates of service. Well, last year's were based on 2020's dates of service. What happened in 2020? You had COVID pandemic. Nobody was going to the doctor. Nobody was going to the hospital. Nobody was going for a checkup. People were only going to, to the hospital for emergent care if you weren't going for COVID. People were doing in-home assessments. I've talked about Signify, an in-home assessment provider being purchased by CVS Aetna. People weren't doing in-home assessments in 2020. So CMS basically grades on a curve. And just like many of us that were in college that didn't always study, I remember I remember my first big capstone finance course because I have a finance background. I was a, a senior in college, and I remember Professor Selassie. I wonder if Professor Selassie is, is retired, if he's still teaching. I assume that he would be in his late 70s by now. But Professor Selassie, I'll never forget, I took the test – I didn't study. I knew that I didn't do my best on the test. And when I got when I got the test back a couple of days later, it said 73. And I was like, man, as someone that really prized himself in their grades, I was like, man, this is going to be a C. I got to claw my way. I basically have to ace every other test to get an A in this class or a B plus in this class. But next to the 73, it had a smiley face and said, good job. Because he graded on a curve. And the 73 in that particular class was an A minus. That did two things for me. One, I was like, man, I'm going to get an A in this class. Because that was my worst effort. And I still got a, I still got an A minus. But what it also said to me was that I did not have to strive to be in the 90s or 95. I was, I was in a group, a class of people, where if I was in the mid-70s, that was going to be on the higher end of the spectrum for the grades. So I never studied as hard as I should have in, in that class. And I got an A in the class, but I think I got like a 78%. That's kind of what happened with STARS last year. 
Yeah, a lot of plans that were lucky and not good, in my opinion. So the curve came around this year, and, and you don't have you don't have all of the, the issues with COVID, and, and CMS kind of gave everyone a break. Well, that grace was not extended this year. So there were a lot of plans that lost star ratings that went from a four and a half to a three and a half or went from a four to a three and a half or even down to a three. And it's a major issue. If you're on LinkedIn, I see so many people talking about it on LinkedIn, people that I respect. I saw my guy, David Meyer, talking about it. Just people in this industry that I look up to that I respect are talking about there are a lot of health plans that did not hit their expectations. Now, I've worked in situations where star ratings were phenomenal and exceeded expectations, and I've been on the other end of that discussion too. I've been at plans where star ratings did not hit expectations, and it's a very difficult conversation to have because you're talking about roughly between 5 and 10% of your funding, depending on what counties that you're in. And if you're a consumer listening to this show, while that's important, you have annual enrollment going on, you should be looking at health plans that have – star ratings that are four or above. You want to be on a health plan that has high star ratings because when you have high star ratings, what that means is that you have additional funding from your health plan coming in from the federal government, which means that they can lower co-pays, have better transportation benefits, can have silver sneakers, can have all of these different benefits and programs that can enhance your healthcare experience. And I always encourage people that listen to this show on the consumer side to spend your time researching what health plan you're on. If you're, if you're on Medicare or Medicaid, or if you have a parent or grandparent on Medicare or Medicaid. So right now plans that, that have had an unfavorable movement in their star ratings on these roughly 38, 40 different criteria there's some tough conversations. And I wanted to talk briefly about my experience. You know, I'm, I, I do consulting for stars and consulting for risk adjustment. In addition to, to the healthcare media group, Paragon 7 Studios does consulting. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7 Studios. And I'm very heavy in the, in the social determinants of health space, which has become a major component of star ratings and customer satisfactions. But the first thing that I would tell, if you're listening to this show and you're, you're executive, we have a lot of executives that listen to this show and participate in this show. I would say if you didn't hit your star rating and you're, and you're having to, to accrue or have the financial discussion that you're going to be sans between five and 10% for 2023, the first thing I would say is don't panic. I've seen people panic when losing a star and I've seen people panic and bring in consultants and bring in new voices, new talent to kind of triangulate between whether it's the CMO or the quality VP or the SVP, where you kind of create this situation. You've made someone's position titular where they have no power and no authority. And I've seen that. I've experienced that. And that's never good for culture. You know, the first the first thing I would say, the C-suite, the leadership, they have to be very blunt and brutally honest with the direction that they're going to go. And sometimes people lose their jobs because they lost a star. And it's okay for people to lose their jobs because they lost a star. You're talking about millions and millions of dollars. And some of the large plans, you're talking about billions of dollars in funding 
But what you don't want to do is bring in a consultant to kind of be the de facto leadership and undermine your team. Just remember, your team that got three and a half stars, they busted their arse to get three and a half stars. They didn't work less. They didn't become indifferent towards the data, the management. Your team worked very hard. I, I say all the time, I, I learned as, as a leader, as a vice president, when, when I became a, a solid leader, I still have a lot to learn. When I became a solid leader was when I realized that the, the P&L was not as important as my team. I was going to support my team. I was going to back my team. Whether we did good, whether we did bad, I was going to back my team because that's, those are my people that work for us. They're the ones that, that stay up late at night. They're the ones that go travel to the different provider groups. They're the ones that administer the surveys and, and do customer service. You've got to stand behind your team. And if you're going to make changes, be very honest with your team that you're going to bring in different talent and changes. But you have to be very deliberate about that because you don't want to lose your team. If you lose your team, then you're going to have perpetual issues with your programs. The second thing is that if you're bringing in a consultant and you're, and you're bringing in new talent, you have to make sure that the consultants have actually run these programs and understand the data submission and understand claims and understand how to administer the surveys, the NCQA aspect, the audit process. Because there are a lot of consultants that work for some of these large firms and they're brilliant people and they're 150 IQ people, much smarter than me. And they went to Harvard and they went to Stanford and they went to Northwestern, but they don't necessarily know the process because they have not ever been in the trenches in healthcare. They've never had to talk to a HEDIS auditor about supplemental data sources. They don't know anything about the encounter data processing system. Doesn't mean that they're not brilliant people, but you want to bring in consultants that have actually worked at health plans, that have that have had these battles, that understand how just a very, a very benign issue with your data structure can completely torpedo one of your files that you're sending to your HEDIS auditor, which is a major component of star ratings. And finally, you need to bring in people that understand consumer behavior. What drives the, the surveys? What drives the health outcome survey? What drives quality of life? When I was in Arizona, most of my members were Scottsdale, Sun City. When I was at WellCare, most of my members were in Memphis and Jackson, Mississippi. Two completely different demographics. You have to be able to dig down and understand what your demographics are as a consultant which are going to vary from plan to plan and understand what drives those people, what drives consumer behavior. Because to reach a member in the Bronx or in Brooklyn, New York, is not necessarily the same process to reach a member in Beverly Hills, California. To really be a good healthcare consultant and a partner, you have to be able to, to segment and understand what's going on at the plan level, at the provider level, at the member level, what challenges members have what drives behavior, the best way to reach members. It's, it's not as simple, and, and I love what CMS is doing. It's not as simple as, as find member, give them a flu shot. Find member, give them their insulin. Find member, 
send a courier to them so they can be met at hearing. You have to really be able to walk the path and understand the plight of the member, the point of view of the member, what makes the member tick, what social determinants of health issues are they facing? What are the literacy rates? What are the the rates of, of education? How many of your members have master's degrees, college degrees, or in some parts of the country didn't finish high school? That is very important. So I, I would just I would just implore someone that's listening. If you're if you're listening as a consumer, find out what the star ratings are in your area. If you're listening as as a as on the podcast, as a healthcare colleague, don't panic. Find consultants that have actually done the work, that understand the submission process and understand the data structure. And make sure that you understand what the members are going through, because ultimately we all got in this business to make the members' lives better. Paragon 7 Studios. Live from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Land J Radio Network. Paragon Paragon 7 Studios. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Ate off like the assassin, now I'm blasting, I'm taking over. Stick you for your blue range rover. I told ya, Rampage, your real life soldier. Been in the game since the age of 13. James Lewis. Dwelling south of the Hudson, New Jerusalem in seclusion. Uh, Using fake suit and yeah. I'm true bad. My travels like a schizo with two tabs with do rags hanging from my pocket. Huh. What, boy? You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. This is James Lewis, host of the Lance J Radio Network HealthCast series. When I was a quality executive, I spent many years working with Episource on chart retrieval, coding, and their analytics platform. This is the time of year where health plans are focused on their final push for risk adjustment to close out 2021 dates of service. Identify HCC gaps. Stratify at both the member and provider level with Episource analysts. Episource combines intelligent technology and a team with many years of subject matter expertise. For a demonstration request, go to www.episource.com. I'm the latest hashtag challenge, and everyone on social media is trying me. I'm trending so hard that hashtag common sense can't keep up. This is going to get tens and tens of views. But if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, you could be left to pay for this yourself. Get Allstate and be better protected from mayhem for a whole lot less. Matthew, Little Caesars is now the official pizza of the NFL. Let's hear it. Pizza, pizza. Again. Pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza. No! Pizza, pizza! We're ready! Enjoy game day with a fanceroni pepperoni with over 100 old world pepperonis. Pizza, pizza.